album, album, <laughs> album club. All right, everyone, we're back. Hi. We're back Hello. after listening to three albums Hello. for the Hi, past yeah. while. We've been listening to Amy Winehouse, Back to Black. We've been listening to Jack Johnson. I always say, is it Bushfire, Bushfire or Brushfire? One of those two fairy tales. And then Brush the Eric that. Hutchinson one. Brushfire. Brush and then Eric Hutchinson one I gave you. So you guys, just quickly, as we were talking before, are going to, uh, to Smith's Stag Duo tomorrow. Stag. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're going, going down Friday, to Bournemouth. Yeah. To have a stag do for our friend, childhood friend. That's going to be fun. Short party for you American listeners. Sixty-two <laughs> percent of our listeners are out in America, so bachelor party for you guys. Oh yeah. Oh, you guys. 50%. Oh, you guys. <laughs> yeah. Which which album do you guys do you want to talk about first? I don't mind really. Whichever whichever you want to go. We... I probably had the most to say about Amy Winehouse. Do you want to start with that? Yeah, go for it. Go oh. for it. All right, Matt, why did you give us this album? Well, because it's a classic album. I've recently lived in and around London, so I was around about just over a month and a bit ago, so I saw a statue, and uh, it was the anniversary of her death recently. Yeah, that month ago, wasn't it? Yeah, so it was kind of fairly relevant at the time. She is her own statue? Yeah, cool. in Camden. Uh, in fact, when she won her Grammy, she dedicated it to London. She was in London because she was under house arrest. She had a tag. She couldn't leave the country. Did you? Uh, I honestly don't know. I was oh. pretty young when she died. I'm not that young, but... Young? You were 19? <laughs> 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 no, you were. You were 18. 2011. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I just went asked, like, about all the gossip and stuff. Like, yeah. liked her as an artist and didn't no, but that, too that, much about her personal life. When she won her Grammy... I seem to remember when this album came out, my dad loved this album and would play it in the car. But the only real song I remember from it is Rehab and Back to Black. I All the other songs, I didn't know any of them. I actually like listening back to Rehab. I <laughs> don't like it. I find it quite annoying. Oh, I like it. I still like it. Yeah, I, th- I liked it back in the day, but I just don't like it anymore. It's just... I don't know, it just grates me a little. Do you think it's just that's because it's over? Yeah, mm. yeah, Rehab's not my favourite song by any means on the album. It's slightly on the nose. Oh, well, there, there's a good, um, really good documentary about her. And then a new one's just come out. I've not seen the latest one, but uh, they show you the links between the lyrics and what actually <clears throat> was going on. And mm. it is just a description of exactly what happened. Yeah, perhaps now that I've listened to the album, I should watch the documentary again. Was yeah. it Amy, the... the Documentary wasn't that made yeah. by the same guys that did like Senna, yeah, stuff like that. And, uh, oh, yeah, Ronaldo film and stuff. Ronaldo, so Matt, when did you start listening to this album? When did I start listening to it? Well, it part of you know, came out was when I first was aware of it, so that's quite yeah, a while pretty, ago. Pretty big album, we were all in Abdami then, weren't we? So hmm, we were yeah. even all aware of it at what, the time. I think I might have. Got it at some point somehow when I was in Abu Dhabi, but uh, I kind of didn't really appreciate. I think not until I was in uni. I was in, I was in uni. Which, so uh, at uni, which songs? Simple question. Yeah, which which songs do you like on it? Uh, Tears dry on their own. Uh, Love is a losing game. Uh, I thought it was really quite sweet. Yeah. I do like I I do like rehab, but I wouldn't say it's one of my favourite. So I didn't just along those. I think you um, know I'm no good. Uh, you, you know I'm no really good. Well yeah, the actually. album came out, but it's a song that I completely forgot about. So listening to this album again got me back into the song for mm. the first time in like probably near 15 years now, isn't it? Yeah, 2006 came out. So yeah. Um, yeah, that was nice. That, I, think, I did write that song. That song is also one of my favorites. It kind of sounds like a almost like a James Bond song, and it even mentions Roger Moore, right? It's, it's got like a James Bond vibe to it, I think. And something I wrote down about that one is I like how the chorus, the way it gets the chorus by kind of going up like a semitone, so the verse is in one mm. spot, and then like first note of the chorus, it just the chord shifts up a semitone, kind of gives it an interesting, uh, kind of hits you interesting. An interesting way. Yeah, builds up. 
Matt, you also said the first song you said when I asked you which ones you like was Tears Dry on Their Own. That's yeah. my favorite song. So is it? No, no, wait. Why is, why is it yours? And it's funny because I'm only just looking at like how many listens each song has on Spotify just now. I, I have no idea which. Yeah. It seems that's one of the bigger ones on the album. And I didn't know that. But yeah. um, the two things I picked out on that one is, first of all, I really like the chorus on that song. It kind of makes yeah. my head bob. It's like, yeah, it's a nice, smooth, like driving, uh, interesting chorus. I also really like uh, the drum fills in it. And then I like, this is a, a weird little something I noticed. The verse has a cool rhythm in the backing section when it goes, da-da-da-da. It's got like a cool kind of choppy, uh, choppy flares going on. I don't know why I got so attached. It's my responsibility. You don't own nothing to me but to walk away. I have no progressivity. He walks away. The sun goes down. He takes the day, but I'm grown. And in your way, in this blue shade, my tears dry on their own. I just find it's the one that I almost think of when I think of this album, is I kind of. Like that one, it's the one I said I sing along to. Sing along to, and that's the one that comes to my head. So that's why my instinct is to say that's my favorite one from that. How about you, Johnny? Which which yeah. songs did you like? Yeah, like the like I said with Love is the Losing Game and Tears Drown Their Own, and you know, I'm no good. And I say, like I said before, you know, I'm no good is probably the one that, that stuck out for me. And I did like the one near the end, the He Can Only Hold Her. I like the music in that as well produced. That was uh, that was a song I was listening today to that I, I specifically kind of made note of as well. I think it's cool. And I like the, the little kind of brass did it, did it, melody. And then how she sings yeah. the lower. That's the bit that was for me. And how she sings in like a lower register. The voice is insane. Yeah. She had such a good vocal range and like such like a jazz and flute uh, voice. Yeah, she she was kind of really influenced by a famous jazz singer recently retired. Tony Bennett, maybe. Yes, Tony Bennett. She did a duet with him. Well, they went into the recording studio, and she was like awestruck by it. That was a huge influence from jazz. I think it's quite clear on this album just about that. Apparently, she was. I think sort of. He's, um, he's got yeah. really old, Tony Bennett. He's suffering from dementia quite bad, I believe. Because he, he did his last album, was the one he did a second one with Lady Gaga, didn't he? Which oh, yeah. seemed like a strange combo. It's but it's actually really good albums that they've done together. She is a hugely talented person. Blows my mind. Lady Gaga. Yeah, yeah. When she first came oh, yeah. out around like. It was probably around GCSE year for us or the year before. Yeah. With the like electro pop. If you had told me back then, like what she'd go on to achieve in her career, it like blow my mind. Yeah. Do you know what we, when that was coming out, we used to go to the Marina Mall loads. Do you know that? And there was that uh, fairground. Oh, yeah, outside, yeah. And then okay, everybody yeah, yeah. go on the trampoline. Well, yeah. <laughs> and then get kicked off by like fighting and stuff. <laughs> Not fighting, yeah, like, just like play fighting. Yeah, play fighting, wrestling and stuff on the trampolines. We were peaceful people. <laughs> Weren't we great kids? <laughs> yeah. Very well behaved. The, uh, the Amy Winehouse album is yeah, really jazzy. Some of the chords, I was trying to look at some of the chords that she uses just because there's a few changes. I'm like, that's kind of weird how she does that. And yeah, it's all this really weird stuff that you, you don't, it's not, it's very like non-diatonic. So it's, she's using all these chords that are not what is called for in the key. And a really interesting yeah. example of that is uh, back back to rehab. It's cool how yeah. the the chorus, I think it's over like a C major, and the verse, it changes chord to an E minor, which is like the, the, the minor three chord of the key. And she just hangs out on the E minor. So it's like kind of changing key for the verse. But then she uses like a, yeah. a borrowed chord, like I think for the fourth chord in the verse. And this is weird, but there is a parallel. The way that the chorus of Rehab is kind of like very different to the verse. 
and the verse starts by going boom, 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 with that double snare. It's very similar to She Said by Plan B. When I go, she said, I love you. Yeah. Yeah. The chorus stops, the verse comes with that same beat. Yeah, he probably sam he probably sampled that for could be, it could be, yeah. I'm like it, it's the same thing. It's the chorus is very different and then the verse starts with that beat. And then when I was just looking up that song, I just found this girl on YouTube who does like a crazy good cover. Her name's uh, Ali Sherlock. Ali Sherlock. I just wrote it down. She's like some busker in uh, in Dublin, I think. And oh, yeah. I think my mom likes this girl. Yeah, yeah. I was like, wow, like this this busker is great. Mm. And then I just Googled her and it's like, she's, she's actually kind of well known. Right? Yeah, yeah. My what, mom. My mom what is well. it with buskers and YouTube at the minute and mom's? Like when I my mum came to visit recently and we we seen my, my cousin Paula is around my mum's age and, and her mum and they put on a busker in the living room on YouTube for like <laughs> half an hour. And it was like some Irish guy just singing old like folk songs on the streets. Really? And they were they were captivated. I was just like, what's the big deal? Like, I, well, I, like you see one song and you're like, oh yeah, he's really talented. But it was like a whole set from him. It was like watching like, like Nebworth, but just a busker. Why is it that Irish people are so good at singing? <laughs> when I went to see Chris Cornell on his last uh, acoustic tour, he told the story that he's like, I went to Dublin. I got in a taxi like on the way to the hotel. And my driver was telling me, he's like, you know, us here, you can't drink more than me and you can't sing better than me. And he's telling this to Chris Cornell because he didn't realize he was driving around. And Chris Cornell was like, <laughs> like yeah, I, I bet. <laughs> I mean, I back him on the drinking front, for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Irish have that in the bag. Yeah. I always love that um, that Family Guy. I think it was on Family Guy. The uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. little cutaway where they're just like, Ireland before whiskey and it was the most futuristic city. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Someone comes out of a lap, look what I made, gents. <laughs> Other songs I liked on the Amy Winehouse. Oh, something we should we should speak about because Matt, you you gave us the, the deluxe and the, the the second part of the album's covers and stuff. So we should probably speak about Valerie. Valerie is. Uh, hold, hold on. Did you say listen to the deluxe? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. Apologies. <laughs> yeah. I I cannot comment on. I just. I just to the remember. One. I I just I've got I've listened to a few. It's mostly just covers original one so it's a different mm. Valerie from the one you've been listening to there's well, chaos on this podcast what different <laughs> so the so the Valerie that everyone knows is Emmy Reinhardt's was from Mark Ronson's album called Version right he got loads of bands to do covers of famous songs he got famous people covering songs on his album and she did that and then it got tied obviously because of her voice directly to her I didn't know she would have had the rights to, to have that on the deluxe. The deluxe v- version of Valerie is like a live performance. But mm. I didn't know that Valerie was by the Zootons originally until like maybe... Yeah, Zootons. 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 Until... Meet the down the road. I didn't know... I didn't know that until maybe like three years ago. And... You know how most of the time the thing you find first is the one you like more? I heard Amy Winehouse's version first, but I like the Zootin's yeah. version a lot more, as in the Zootin's original version. Yeah. I had a scratching. Since I come home, well, my body's been a mess, and I miss your gentle head and the way you like the dragons. 
They still get played. Yeah, Zoo Tones were like massive band in the UK in that day. Yeah, well, I only know the ones so I don't know. Well, I was in the UK. Uh, why won't you give so. me your love? What? Why won't you give me your love? That was, uh, why won't you give Donnie your love? <laughs> I, uh, why haven't I given him my love is a personal yeah. question. Listen, we've no, been friends for 24 it's, years. It's, honestly, it's a question that comes honesty. up every year or two. So in all honesty, <laughs> shit, <heck up. laughs> Uh, they, they can't see me on the podcast, so let, let, let <laughs> me let me just describe it for the uh, listeners. Shit. <laughs> Are we allowed to say if we obscure our friend's name the story of Valerie in Cyprus? Oh, uh, I mean, yeah, you can say, and maybe and can identify the the other party. So I don't know. We're probably okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, anyone who owns up to it is just maybe. Because yeah, you can say it and then maybe I'll cut it out after a second thought, but just, yeah, go, go on. <laughs> I think it'll be okay. Well, um, when did we get, it was in Ayanapa in Cyprus. We went after... Oh, I just remembered what you're talking about. Yeah, we went after A-level exams and um, yeah, we, I think it was on our final night, wasn't it, where we, it we'd been going to a, a local bar near, near our hotel what was it called? Do you remember? I don't remember, but I just remember. It was like a sports bar. This English guy looked like James Corden. <laughs> Who also James did James. did Robbie Williams karaoke as well. Oh yeah, he, oh, yeah. he was one of those guys that does karaoke that hosts it, but mainly because he wants to show off how good he is at <laughs> singing to multiple people. So he was on like all the fucking time. Yeah. <laughs> <It was just laughs> he treated it as his own show, where occasionally like someone else sing. Yeah, so we were there, and I think it was final night, and a few of us wanted to go out, and a few of us were just kind of wiped from a week yeah. of solid drinking. So we were, we all went for pints there, and karaoke was on, and uh, there was a group of girls, and they were celebrating one of their birthdays. Yeah. Uh, let's call her uh, Valerie in this story. No. Yeah, let's just call her Val. Um, so Valerie goes up, and her friends are egging her on, they've signed her up to do the karaoke. Go on, Val. And... Um, yeah, go on, Val, get up there. My name's not actually Val. I'm just um, that up. She gets up stage and the, the presenter guy, the MC, whatever you'd refer to him as, announces that it's her birthday, so everyone cheers, and that she's going to be singing her favourite song. And her favourite song, the, yeah, yeah. the Mark Ronson, Amy Winehouse version of Valerie. Yeah. Um, how, how, how would you rate the performance, lads, out of ten? Um... <laughs> That's yeah, so, I mean, you know, that's mean of her mates to be like, I'll tell you what, with family birthday, karaoke, up you go. But on what? She was so shit. She was awful <laughs> to the point where I, I am a terrible oh. singer and I hold my hands up to that. But at oh. least when I'm singing, you know what song I'm singing, albeit badly. This, it was like she didn't know the fucking song. Oh. No, yeah, she, the, the thing that confused me most is that it's her favourite song and she didn't know any, any of it. I do, I do I, wonder I so if it was a joke or if she was just singing that badly that he, it was just like, you couldn't tell she was singing that song. It was dreadful. Oh, it was brilliant. Anyway, any final thoughts on Amy Winehouse before we move on? Uh, it's very good. Yeah, great album. Classic. Fantastic voice. Great yeah. production on the album. And a star lost too soon. This album's actually um, one of the more, uh, yeah. like, yeah, it is pretty classic. Like, it, it probably could have yeah. been done for either rotation, right? Yeah. I'm interested to hear what you guys thought about uh, Eric Hutchinson's album. Actually, wait. So first, 
I guess like the way it should work is I'll just say something quickly about it. I, yeah. I got into this album when Jack showed us um, he was really into uh, rock and roll back in around like year 12, 13 time. And so I, I listened to that song and I thought it was okay. I, I didn't love rock and roll. Yeah. But, uh, to, to clarify to people, year 12 and year 13 is our school academic year, not 2012 and 2013. Correct. So 2000 and yeah, grade grade 10, 11 and 12, like oh, no, I just wanted sorry, junior, junior junior and senior years for our and then so, friends. I think when I was studying for my A levels, I just put up, put on the album for something to listen to, and I got really into it. And I'm like, damn, this guy's good. The songs are all kind of mellow but catchy, but not not too yeah, cheesy, yeah, not so. too poppy. He's released a bunch of albums since, but none of them, in my opinion, are as good as the first one. Yeah, he, he 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 kind of had this really good album, and then I've not actually heard anything from him since. His uh, second album was pretty good, but yeah. the first one has like it had like, something special to it. I think. I think I think things like that tends to be the case where the first album basically encompasses their life's work up until then, mm. and then they're tied down by contracts and they're forced to make an album usually quicker than they would have ideally liked to. Yeah. Tied in with touring if the album's a success, etc., makes it difficult to to make the second album as good, which is why I particularly love like artists and bands that second album is as good, if not better, than their first. That's yeah. when I really like saying these guys got some serious talent. Mm. What did you guys think of uh of sounds like this? I thought it was really good. I thought the um the first song that started the album was like really raw. And that honest, I thought it was like a really good sound that he got. Okay, it's all right with me, that one. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I like that one as well. Yeah, in the bridge of that song, his voice uh, gets pretty good. I think when it like breaks down and he goes like, "Oh, it's all right," like he's got a really, really good voice. Okay, it's all Yeah, he does, which is why it was somewhat surprising he didn't go on to produce another album. Uh, well, he produced another album, but one that didn't add the same kind of feel to it. Here's a fun fact. Don Henley covered one of his songs at a live concert. Can no you guess? way! Can you Where's guess? Try and guess. Hmm. No. Rock and roll. I reckon um, he went to the main, main known one. Nope, not rock and roll. Johnny? Really? Uh, and let me get out of the track list. Outside Villanova. It's actually a, a song that I'm like, that actually makes the most sense for him. Yeah, that's what, well, that's what I was there's, trying to think. There's a song I'm thinking of that will be, hasn't been long enough. Nope. It was track two, You Don't Have to Believe Me. It's that really uh, soulful one. In your mind is what's it say? Oh, okay. Mm. Is yeah. that on YouTube? It's not because Don Henley and the Eagles oh, yeah, the are thing, the worst. Don Henley just is he just refusing? Is he is he refusing to accept the internet? Yeah, they like anything Don Henley or Eagles. If it goes up on anything online, it's it's taken down right away. Which is why I'm kind of scared of our our Don Henley podcast. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I think I think we can avoid his um, his mafia soldiers this time. I, th- yeah. I think we'll get away with that. When, when they knock on here in the UK, so, just say, "Hey, where, John, it, back it, off, man." I presume he lives in the states, Zach. No, no, he lives just down. He's around here. He's in the northwest of England. Is it? Yeah. No, he does. He he lives, I think, somewhere in in the Peak District. No, I think he lives in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't ask me how I know that, but I, I think he does. Yeah. No, um, no, I, I heard it was I heard it was you. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather live in. <laughs> no, no, I he's up there in the Texas or York. Yeah, um, he could be one of our sixty-two percent of our listeners in, <laughs> in America. So we we gotta watch out. We gotta 
was a DMCA notice. Yeah. He's the one from uh, Ohio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's got his VPN on. Hello. Hello. Ohio. Hello. Anyway, what... Uh, so, two of my favorite songs, and these weren't my two favorite yeah, ones. Shout out our listener from Ohio, by the way. Yeah, oh, well, sure. Yeah, he just did that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but proper shout out. Thank you for listening. Whoever you are, we're at the, uh, the two songs that I liked that I didn't like initially, but the more I listen to them now, I really, really like them. Is I think them going back to back is a really good choice. Is Outside Villanova and then Food Chain. Those two back to back, they've got a very similar feel to them. But I, I just love the kind of the instrumentals to them and how laid back they are. Yeah, no, I, I think the um, Outside Villanova is where the album actually just found itself, where it kind of became more of an, an identity, like more of an identity to the album. There's one line in Outside Villanova. It's the way he sings the, the first few lines of the second verse. He has this really, really cool rhythm to him. He goes like, in the middle of the night, like just I'll play it. It's, I hear that, I'm like, that is just genius how, how we did that. That song's meaning. I've got this weird, the- I've got this weird theory, kind of inappropriate, that it's about. Uh, are we gonna have to censor this bit as well? We-, we might have to. To me, this song, I feel like, is suggesting that someone had a one night stand with someone who then realizes underage or something, because it keeps talking about like. Let's put it out to our listeners. Do you think that that song is about that? What else might you be it about? Put it in the comments and uh, yeah, yeah. But take a listen to the the lyrics, and I swear, I swear, it makes sense in that context. I'm I'm, I'm getting up the lyrics now. Yeah, I'm. I, I was. So what what bits are you? It's hard to tell. It's just never black and white. She's got a mind of her own. She uses it well. I mean, she's. It sounds a bit rapey. Like she's, she's trying to justify. Yeah, but she, he says so. She invites me over outside Villanova. She's got some pull out sofa that we won't hardly need. Like that's that implies that she has her own place where she's an adult. That's true. When it says she's only gifted, I'm like, well, maybe she's young, but she appears older because she's like very mature. And also, she, also, only... she, he still thinks that she's over. This is the point of the song where. Even. She's only drinking soda, but that that kid just means she's not drinking. And there's, I mean, there's yeah, 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 and there's regret creeping in. Yeah, it's probably not that. <laughs> but um, it might I be adultery. Was that? I, I I honestly think we put it to the listeners, and and yeah. they find out. Let's get involved. Yeah. Involved. Give us Ohio, a review and write your comments in the reviews. Ohio, let us know. Ohio, let us know. Ohio. Food the cool one. One song I really like is near the end of it, back to where I was. I think that's like a nice, uh, nice gentle song. Yeah, cool. that's that's one of the more popular ones on uh, Apple mm. Music. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Johnny, what what were your thoughts on it? Yeah, the guy's got a good voice, and the production and range of instruments used, I thought, was really good. It gave it a really light feel, and he's a bit cheeky with some of his lyrics and stuff. Like you can tell that he's a guy that like likes to have fun. Good vibe. Really good song to like uh, album to listen to if you're out in the garden or just doing something a bit mundane to bring a bit more color into it sort of thing. Yeah, uh, so th- like most of it, some songs I really didn't like, and there's one of them which I can't remember which one. I, I feel like we're summing up this album now. I kind of thought I just want to say that I really like the whole album. I thought it was quite uh, lyrically complex and. Um, like the whole album seemed to me to be a story about what, change, and I think that's kind of really relevant in the current climate. I, know, I just thought it was really, it was kind of really, really relevant to me. So that um, is why I gave you guys this album because I feel like it's an album that's hard to not like. Yeah, no, I, I, I just don't know how anyone would, would not like this album. It's Johnny. all over now, which is one of its more popular songs. It yeah. really annoyed me. Really. 
That one's cool. Yeah. yeah. I think it's like the ooh sound he made. the end of it. Towards the end, yeah. Well, I would say the end of the album actually reminds me a lot of the start. And um, and that's why I, it just feels like you kind of, it still has that same rhythm and, and thing as the start. Because it changes and comes back round, which I think is quite. Yeah, cool. yeah. No, yeah, Matt, you're, you're right. Because, like, okay, yeah. it's all right with me. And then um, you don't have to believe me, are kind of both a bit more heavy, like, not heavy, but they're heavier. And then yeah. at the end of the album, it hasn't been long enough. It's like the darkest, most like melancholy song in the whole album. There's like a saxophone yeah. solo. That's that's pretty cool, right? And you've got no, uh, also a cool, cool way to end the album, which is also heavy. No, it was really good. Zach, what was your favorite uh, song? My favorite song in this album, when I started listening to it, I used to like, uh, I feel like I used to like OK, It's All Right With Me and You've Got You. But nowadays, mm. like after years of listening to it, my, my favorites are, like I said, the back-to-back outside Villanova into Food Chain. Yeah. And I was like back to where I was. Those Yeah, three. yeah. no, um... I would say my favourite track was Food Chain, actually. Um, I thought the lyrics were really good and they kind of really worked well um, with the melody. I, um, I thought it was just a really good song. Yeah, Food Chain's, like I said, that song took me a while to get into it because it, it's not especially dynamic, but it just it's just cool. I like it. Yeah. Then, I think that's a sign for an album that you really like is you, you start listening to the album because you like the singles and big songs that you've heard and then you end up liking a lot of the the uh, non-single tracks yeah, a lot but, more. Yeah. Like that's similar to what happened with Gang Youths for me where all my favourites from the album that we previously reviewed is um, all my favourites were the ones that in non-released and singles. Matt, you, you were saying also about lyrics. The song to me, like I was saying, I, I don't put too much emphasis on lyrics, but the song O oh, has some really cool uh, kind of storytelling going on. Yeah. It. How it's talking like, super catchy, that song as well. Some of the lines as well, you know, how she took out a toothbrush and starting it, using it there. I want to look good if I get to the God in the eye or something. Yeah, just Johnny, what songs? Uh, so you're saying you didn't like All Over Now. What songs did you like? Rock, rock and Roll. You don't like Rock and Roll? No, do you like and that that was the the only one that I had in my in my library beforehand. Uh, still love that song. I think that's great. Okay, it's all right for me. It was a superb album opener. A lot of it. It was quite samey samey. Where I like enjoyed them all, so not in a bad way, but didn't stand out as much. O stood out because it was quite poppy. I'd say a bit more poppy than the rest of the album in terms of lyrically. It's a uh, you know, that standard thing we've discussed before where making a certain nice sounding noise and repeating it multiple times gives you that earworm. That is called melisma, where you draw out one syllable with multiple notes. So it's like, oh, 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 yeah. oh. Yeah, so that one, obviously, very much earworm territory there. So, yeah. Liked it as a whole, good album. Downloaded it onto my thing, and I think I'll keep that going. I kind of feel like with this album, you guys kind of missed out on it because when Jack was showing us rock and roll, I then listened to everything else. I'm like, guys, there's so much else in this album that's really good. You, you do have to remember that at that time, which I'll kind of bring on when we talk about the next album, at that time, 
we're very much the LimeWire generation for like Napster in America. Like it was very much we were getting access to like songs at a time and albums kind of died out for a little while with us in mm. terms of yeah, 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 yeah. It was the first time where singles were standing out and it was much easier to get them full albums. Yeah. Because it was pre Utorrent where we could download the full album. Yeah, it seems like you guys all liked you guys all liked it. Mm. Yeah, so good choice, Jack. Yeah. All right. It was something I just realized is that this week each of us chose solo artists. Oh yeah, that is a, that is a good point. Though. How does he land stand? <laughs> like, so it's like, in the context, we're watching a a goal scored by Southampton. I want to show Zach because this is celebration, a... but not, we've got a limited time because he's got to go through. True, yeah, but it's five seconds. Can you see the screen? You see the lad running through he scores. Look at his flip here. Celebrate. How does he flip and land completely on his feet? Like, stood up. You, know, you never see that. Yeah, no. Like, usually they're, like, kind of crouched down and stand up. Like, where was this going? Fucking Olympics. Have you guys ever tried doing, like, a, a front flip, at, like, out of celebration? Yeah, I used to be able to do them when I was a kid. Remember? Oh. But handsprings, not for long. Oh, yeah. I, was too, I actually could do front flips, but I was too scared to do them on something that wasn't soft. I never tried because I hated the idea of trying to do them and it terrified me as a child. Um, knowing you as a child, there was no way you would have been able to do them. No, I would have just yeah. been not athletic pulling out the grass. Yeah, I was like quite, quite small and springy and you were, you were a bigger fella. Uh, probably not still as, am. Not, to as, not as agile, I'll say. I was. I've never have been, nor will be agile. That's fair. Um, I can see you've been weirdly good at that with your double jointedness and just weird all around stretching abilities. I like, like what? Yeah, I mean, on trampolines, I can do front flips, but I just never had. I've never tried it. I've always been, you know, going to break my neck or something. And and just, yeah, I've never had the desire to. No one's ever yeah. like. Like peer pressure me into doing a front flip, so I just never did one. Do it now. <laughs> well, I, I learned. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's see if we can do it. There's actually there's a comedian I follow on um, Instagram who like raises money for charity. I think it was yeah. where he was just like, in the next few months, I'm going to do a front flip, and he just <laughs> made it this big event, and like eventually he just went on. I actually did it. He's like been training to see if he could do it. And oh, then he wow. actually did it when I like Instagram live and then did a front flip and everyone was like, hey. yeah. <laughs> It was very bizarre, but very funny. Yeah. Absolutely. He had a whole party yeah. dedicated to a single flip and then just carried on with the party. Back in undergrad, there was a TA that I had for physics. And I always, in my head, I don't know, I always in my head thought he seems like the kind of guy that could do a front flip. Because when he was like by the chalkboard, He'd be like walking, and he, the way that he would bounce when he walked, I'm like, this guy, if he did a front flip right now, I wouldn't be that surprised. Yeah. His arms would kind of spring when he walked. It was really. Johnny and I, we were in New Zealand, and we were with a guy who I think actually raced, do you know, speed climbing. Okay. Yeah, uh, you see that in the Olympics. That was quite a big thing over here at one point during the Olympics was speed climbing, and he used to do it. And we were walking along the beach, you just did a front flip. And it like jumped up on a log and did a backflip as well. It's like out of nowhere. And he weren't even trying to show off. He was just like, doing? just doing it. He's like, oh, that's a good log to backflip off. Yeah, unbelievable. Talent. It took us rock climbing. Oh, yeah. I and, uh, Jesus. Yeah, Matt got stuck with his arms out looking like Jesus up on the cross. And I got stuck about two meters below that. Mm. Both times, this man, Leon, just came and climbed up next to us, <laughs> free climbing, yeah. with no rope, showed yeah. us where to go, and then climbed back down on this plate, like, five, six yeah. meters. I will say that, cliff. yeah, it, was, it wasn't as high as we, it wasn't like... <laughs> it wasn't too high, but up high. it was definitely uh, dangerous We were just enough. slightly pathetic at that moment. Yeah, but also, <laughs> we were like, ah, I can't move. To be fair, though, if he fell down free climbing, it was like jagged rocks at the bottom. Like, he would have seriously yeah. hurt himself no matter what height he fell from. But yeah, that's true. the guy was ballsy, very talented. Oh, yeah, no, I, yeah, I won't discredit him. He was ballsy and talented and a really nice guy. Super nice like, guy. Really, uh, really nice guy. Shout out Leon. Shout out Leon. 
Yeah, wasn't Jack saying that he uh, is such an incredible rock climber and so is his sister that he would win like the annual tournament every year. And then when he went to uni, his younger sister then just started winning it every year. So like their family was like won all the rock climbing competitions for like so many years running. That's mad. Is this Liam's family? I seem to remember Jack saying something like that. Oh, sorry. Oh, you yeah, was yeah. Liam's family. Sorry, uh, that, that, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. They grew up in um, a coastal area with lots of like mini cliffs and stuff. And then something else you might have been doing in those coastal areas is surfing. And someone else who surfs is Jack Johnson. And something else Jack Johnson does is write music, which Johnny recommended. So why, why did you recommend this album, Johnny? Tremendous. Um, great, great. <laughs> what, what would you call that? Like a cut over or a like pass over, handover? Essentially like, yeah, a multi-bar from over here. So that, was, that was something completely different. <laughs> yeah. Good little handover there, Zay. Yeah, um, yeah, so Jack Johnson, you are correct, was a surfer and he harbored dreams of going professional. I believe it's good friend for the Kelly Slater, who is usually the only surfer that most people know. Yeah. Yeah. And um, she's the biggest surfing legend ever. Um, so Jack Johnson actually wrote this album on the back of a surfing accident and then put him in hospital. We'll get more into that later. But yeah, the reason I chose this was. I got into this album actually quite a long time after it came out. I'd heard a few of her, um, his other albums and enjoyed them, but usually not listening to them as albums as a whole, but just songs. So I thought I'd give his debut album a try. And it, at that time, I think it was in year nine or something, so maybe 13 or 14, it'd been the first time in years I'd actually listened to albums through, because as we mentioned earlier, where it was like the like the Limewire days, I was so used to getting individual songs that I liked and not listening to albums. I'd kind of neglected albums for a few years, so this is the first one I got back into for a while. And um, surely enjoyed it, and it's stuck with me ever since, and I occasionally listen to it from time to time. And, yeah, it's a nice raw album. There's not too much into it. There's no money behind it. There's not, like, made to sell records. It's his hobby, and you can very much play it. Like yeah, I hear that clearly, you, can, you, can, you can feel that it's something that like, he really enjoys making because that comes from the album. You enjoy listening to it. Yeah. Someone who enjoys making it. Yeah, and, and this was his debut album before he had any hits, right? So mm. it was kind of more like, uh, you know, he wasn't like searching for the next mega hit. He's just like doing what he likes. You know, it's funny, just uh, I was watching something I saw on HBO Max the other day that it's like summarizing the 2000s in music. It was actually pretty cool. And they were just making the point that, like, they're making the point where, like, indie acoustics started popping up. And they showed a clip of Jack Johnson playing Bubble Toes. And I had never heard that song before. And now I'm watching it on TV. I'm like, I've been missing out on a lot of stuff because this, it, like, I didn't know that that was a popular song until I heard it. Simple as something that nobody knows. Her eyes are as big as a bubbly toes. And the feet of a queen of the hearts of the car. Feet are infested with tar balls. It was like that album actually made Excuse the Surfing Con some waves because <laughs> it wasn't a massive album, but it was enough for I think he signed with Universal to release the album, but like a few record labels had been going after it. And he basically got in a position where he kind of called the shots and decided which record label. So I think he went with Universal on the basis that they make a record label for him called Brushfire Records, named after the album, of course, where he got given a, um, like, they made him his own eco-friendly recording studio. So he was into all that zero carbon way before it was cool. And so he ended up going with them. And I think they thought that, he'd have a quite niche appeal, like dominate that sort of market and didn't expect his later albums to get quite big. So like, on and on, and um, I forget the, the one after, it was called The Light Banana Pancakes on it, it came massive. Oh, um, um, sitting way in motion and that. Mm. Yeah, I don't think they actually expected him to get as big as he did. So it did really well for himself because he was pretty young when that album first came out. Yeah, and... Like, he's probably really influential on the whole genre of acoustic indie rock. I bet Eric Hutchinson's pretty inspired by him. Yeah, I can see the similarity. 
Yeah. Something that I took away from listening to this album actually was less about him and more about uh, there's a lot of cool drumming in the, in the album. There's a lot of interesting like bongos going on and like there's even a drum solo in um, Mud Football. Like there's like a full on drum solo. That was awesome. Yeah. He's, he's an islander, isn't he? And um, he grew up and lives in Hawaii his whole life. So I think yeah, that's part of the islander like style, isn't it? So he incorporates that into his music. Like yeah, the, the kind of, flake uses the steel drum. Yeah. Well. In Mud Football, not just in Mud Football, but especially in Mud Football, the drums uses a snare that's like super resonant. Like <laughs> I'll clip it in, but it's a pretty bold choice to use a snare that's resonant. That's that resonant. And I think on Metallica's St. Anger album, the entire album used a snare like that. And the fans got so annoyed that someone even like digitally altered it to replace that snare with a normal snare. Because every single song was like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> it just gets really annoying after a while. <laughs> I, I felt that some of the songs reminded me of Little Wing. But you know, the Jimi Hendrix song, the intro to it, there were some parts I was just listening to, I just for some reason I kept thinking Little Wing by Jimi Hendrix. It, I could see the, um, and I think he has listed Bingy as one of his um, one of his idols, so I can like see quite the influence what I heard. What, the the way the album starts is really cool, because it's just like a little blues, like a 30-second yeah. blues jam. And then it goes. Yeah. And yeah, that, that, that was a really cool choice. I liked it. He likes to play around with that stuff, like you notice at the end of Flake, where he just kind of goes completely bluegrass out of nowhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like on a really chilled song, and then just gets uh, like the, the banjo out and just starts smashing it. Slide guitar, yeah. So don't tell me, you might just let it go. Before, I thought Jack Johnson, I thought just like simple acoustic songs. And now I think, oh, he actually, it's just like a straight up jam. There's like mm. instrumental portions to songs, which is not what I was expecting. He's, he's quite a varied musician. Um, did, you, did you do much research on it? Like, did you see like what the backstory is to the album getting made? I know the backstory you've told us. And from the like tiny bit of reading I did, my understanding was, is that what you're going to say is actually not the way he describes it. But say the story well, that, yeah. Well, yeah, he, he got more into music because he was meant to be a professional surfer. And he actually went professional. And then at a event, he fell and smashed his head in the coral reef. And was in the hospital for a while, 150 stitches in, in his head, lost a few of his teeth, and then focused more on music as a result of that. And that eventually bore into the album because his dad was a surfer and he was planning on being a surfer as well. That was his dream. And funnily enough, he'll only tour six months a year when it's not surf season in Hawaii. No way. Refuses to tour when it's surf season. Actually, that is what I heard. Um, something I think you've said before, like perhaps I'm just reading too much and I'm misremembering, but I think once twice you said that after his accident, he kind of got more chill as a result of it. So, you know, basically kind of hit his head and then mellowed out a bit. But what I heard is that like the songs, he was always, like he always played music. He was always, always writing yeah. songs. Yeah. Like, he's a surfer from Hawaii. Like I imagine he was mellow as fuck before and after the accident. Yeah. Yeah, yeah not not like it almost lobotomized him and he just started No, he did a few of the songs in it where um, Drink the Water was specifically about his accident. And he wrote that mm-hmm. in the hospital after. Drink the Water, something else I was thinking about, about drums. Something they did that was really cool. I'm not sure I've heard before. There's a drum fill and they put a phaser on that drum fill. I've never heard that before. 
What's a phaser? Mm. It's like a effect you can feel. Like an injection. <laughs> like phaser. Like, phaser. It's like the effect that people put on like guitars often. Well, often it's, it's pretty. It's pretty niche thing, but it's like it makes it go. Wow. Come on. You like what? Sorry, you broke up there for a sec. No, I, I, I didn't break up. That was your only. That was your only chance. <laughs> <laughs> Is it like um, like that thing you get on the keyboard, like where you synthesize it and goes, and you can like press it up and down and it like kind bends of. the note. Kind of like it, yeah, it, it kind of like it does something crazy with the signals, right? But they used it on a drum fill, which I've, I've never heard that before. So that was cool. To be honest, I didn't really notice that, but yeah, I have to keep an ear out next time I listen. My favorite songs are probably Mud Football, which I really liked. That was a uh, a lot of cool call and response of drumming, and it was just really upbeat, really... Uh, it, was, it was quite awesome. like a nostalgic song, wasn't it? Like, the, the days where you're a teenager and something like the local football game, like, oh, that is, like, the highlight of your week. I was like, Bubble Toast. That was probably the catchiest of the album. Funny, yeah, funny I, I thought Inaudible Melodies was mine. Yeah. The first one. That, that was That's one of the one. more popular ones. Yeah. Where, yeah, it was one of his sing-alongs live. And yeah, that and Flake is what I'm going for. Yeah, so I, I like it because it's, it's quite a raw album. It's, it kind of feels like it's like a passion project that he doesn't expect to go anywhere. He just likes playing music rather than something that's created to sell records. It's yeah. like the antithesis of pop music sort of thing. And I think that's what kind of really drew me to it, where in later albums you can tell where it's a lot like a lot more polished, a lot better produced. And like one of his big songs in the next album or the album after had like Ben Stiller in the video. So obviously record label know they're onto something and they're like yeah. pushing his music that a lot more. Taylor, so like this right? was yeah, Taylor. Like this was very much just his album and stuff. They like songs that he's proud to have written and he doesn't mind the world hearing. And I think that's what really, really got me with the album and what what I yeah. like about it. The only thing about the album that I didn't like it's not I didn't maybe didn't not, not like it. It just his voice is he doesn't really stretch it too much. You know, well, that's quite a, a fun. I don't mind that. You know, yeah, yeah. They were saying it didn't make me not like it. It just he's not exactly Freddie Mercury, you know. Yeah, well, it's, it's yeah. born out of campfire songs on the yeah. beach after yeah. a long day surfing. Yeah, that's... there's like there's a time and a place for stretching that voice. Some artists stretch it too much. Yeah, like and imagine. It's annoying. Imagine like just sing, be normal. So he, he's writing these songs. He's gone surfing with his mates. So at the campfire after, and he's like, "Lads, listen, I've written this one yeah. recently." You know, and he's like, "I want to be free." Yeah, I'll be like, "Oh, God, mate. <laughs> dude, you're killing the vibe, man." Yeah, you're ruining it for everyone else. Everyone else is now having to be focused. And for example, I was saying, like with Elliot Smith, he's a below-average singer for sure, but that's not the point, you know. So. You're right. Same thing with Jack Johnson. That's not the point of the. Yeah. Just going back to uh, Jack Johnson with um, because you two oh. both play guitar and I don't. Oh, not really. Not as much as that. You definitely play that for sure. Um, well, okay. I, I can uh, play. I, I, I used to live with Matt. He can play. He's played some tunes. Matt plays guitar. Um, when I first listened to this album, I was quite inspired to play guitar because I loved like just the. Like the chilled nature, like we were saying about campfire, it's kind of like that kind of thing, and a lot like muted notes sort of thing. He plays pretty much all bar chords, which for a beginner is just a no go. I just couldn't couldn't get anywhere. No, yeah, especially I won't, I won't well, even I won't even fully burn some. Like my finger didn't get across. Was that in year six when you first got a guitar, and we were going to start band? No, it was after that. <laughs> I was actually specifically thinking is that. For someone who's known for being like, like a chilled campfire uh, musician, it's there is a little bit of interesting instrumentation going on. It's it's like it's not like it's only C G A minor or whatever. Like yeah. there's some kind of cool chromatic passages and you know, he's, he's regarded as quite a good guitarist in the circles. It's just he sticks to a niche where 
it doesn't require branching out too much. So it might no, get like, overlooked in a lot of ways, but uh, and I in certain circles he is regarded as a pretty good guitarist for what he does. Yeah, you know, like going in, like I was actually impressed with the guitar work and how it wasn't just nothing but open chords all day. Yeah. Yeah. You know how many albums he's into now? I think there's eight albums deep. And he uh, describes music as his third profession. Oh, really? Yeah, he considers himself, uh, he still surfs a lot and he makes films as well. He's also a big charity man, so I don't know if you can count that as a profession, but he has like a festival that raises a significant amount of money each year for like people in Kauai. But how cool a life is that where you only tour when you feel like he yeah. doesn't want to disrupt his surf season? And it's like music, which is like I'd assume is what brings in the most money into his household, but he's just like, I still consider that a hobby, not a job. Married to that's, a girl that he been going out with since school. <laughs> that sounds a bit like that that, that sea shanty uh, band you're talking about, Matt, where they're they're sailors and just do concerts when they're back on shore. What fisherman's friend? Yeah, <laughs> I think he's slightly cooler than fisherman's friends, my friend. Uh, although big up fisherman's friends, they are fantastic. But yeah, I think well, they definitely used to be fishermen. There's a film about them now. If you want to find out more about them. Anyway, yeah, my final thoughts were that I really like this album. Each of these albums that we chose have, have a little bit of soul in them, you know, a bit of funk. So that was cool. Yeah. Um, like I said, good, uh, interesting guitar work, some like interesting drum, a lot, actually a lot of interesting drumming going on. It was less the chill, nothing but acoustic chords album that I thought it would be and more like the fun, I don't know, jammy album that I wasn't expecting. So I really liked it. I thought there was a good diversity of songs on it too. And yeah, I, I should listen to a few other of his albums. Tell you one um, that, that's quite cool is he went electric for one album, Sleep Through the Static. And um, going electric now. Uh, drag oh, fun yeah. fact about Bob Dylan going electric in Manchester. He got shouted very infamously called Judas. <laughs> <laughs> My parents have stayed in the hotel. That is where that, 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 um, that, well, that occurred. Was that when they came up for your graduation? I was, yeah, Comic-Con. I saw an Onion article that said Bob Dylan, he goes, Electronica. <laughs> and it was like a Photoshop picture of Bob Dylan, like on a DJ stand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Sleep Through the Static, Zach, he went electric for an album. It was actually a really good album. But there's a fantastic video on YouTube where, you know, Andy Samberg from Lonely Island and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It's basically a Lonely Island, guys, but he's got beef with in the video with... Andy Sandberg's they did a Saturday Night Live sketch when they used to be on that of like how mellow Jack Johnson is and they just did loads of skits where he was just like the most mellowest man alive and just ripped into him and so it's his little comeback for that so um, in the video we got him playing and um, Adam Sandberg and the rest of the Lonely Island turn up and he's just like isn't that that guy that takes the piss out of me on Saturday Night Live like, yeah, it is. And they end up having a massive scrap, and the video is brilliant. They're just like fighting to the death of each other. <laughs> so, yeah. They have some funny stuff for sure. Yeah, Matt, final thoughts on the album? I thought it was a, a good album. I, I think it's better albums came after it, but uh, it was a really good introduction to Jack Johnson. Uh, yeah, I've listened to it before. Uh, yeah, it's right. a really hey. chilled out album. It's one that I want to put on when it's sunny. Just so, Matt. I wouldn't normally do this, but I feel like the two are quite similar. Would you say you preferred Eric Hutchinson's album or Jack Johnson's album? Because I feel like I feel like they're close enough that you could do that. Whereas with Amy Winehouse and one of the two, you couldn't. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to go Johnson. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, was inspired. That... I mean, there's, there's no need to compare. Yeah, I know, uh, but like they're close enough, I feel like, in... yeah. Well, what's your favorite, Zach? I'm going to guess from the reaction, it's not double. Well, yeah, but I also feel like now that I'm not, I think studies show that like the music you like the most, you tend to find it before the age of 25. So like any music I hear nowadays, just for the rest of my life, I probably will not like it as much as the albums I grew up with. Yeah. Which is kind of sad. It's true. Like the last album I got really, really into might have been like a Last Shadow Puppets album or something. 
That's true, interesting. Well, it wasn't my, it wasn't the last shadow puppets for me. Um, it's probably no, I, I get into, yeah, I, I get into stuff all the time. Oh my god. I don't get into the same way that I used to, where I used to know all the details and like nowadays I have to like consciously listen out more. I just Googled um, the year an album came out to get an exam. It came out like two months before my 25th birthday, the Flower Boy album by Tyler, the creator. And the ones that followed that, I wasn't massively like, I liked Tyler before, but I wasn't massively into him. But that was the album that made me a super fan. And chances are I wouldn't have listened to that straight away because I wasn't as much of a fan then as I was now. So I would have listened to it after I was 25 and then got into him a lot more. I don't know how much that theory sticks because then from him, I've branched out into a lot more different music that I didn't listen to before I was 25. So I basically think you're talking shit, Zach. Sounds like every single person, just for me and, and other people I've spoken to, it's like once you get to 25, the album's... The albums that you listen to don't stick the same way that they uh, they used to. Yeah, no, I, I kind of I get what you both are going from. But yeah, I, I think the majority of the stuff, yeah, is from our youth that we would enjoy. But I think Johnny's saying there might be the, the one album. I think you. I so think I think we probably tend to close our minds. That's what the issue is. Yeah, we're closed minded no, now. I feel just when you're a teenager, the things that are worse suck and the things that are better are just like the best things whatever you're feeling is just stronger whereas then you just mellow out more as you get older I just don't I care suppose. i saw the kooks for the first time about a month ago they were good the songs that i liked but a lot of it like a few of the songs there were massive ones mm. where there were album tracks which i probably loved when i was a teenager just about. so we ended up staying for their first five songs and then going to see sophie alice baxter all right, so why don't we choose? We still have to choose our classic, but for new album, we've decided, right? Is that, well, I, I wasn't sure, but are we are we going with Jungle? Yeah, I mean, it, we all each like Jungle. I mean, there is the new Lord album, but besides that, I I wouldn't know what else to pick. So the the only other one that I'd recommend, I, I think we should go with Jungle just because I've I've heard a few of the tracks as they've been repeating them, and it it's very varied and brilliant. From what I've heard, I've not listened to it fully yet, actually, because I've been focused on these albums. But um, I think it'll be a pretty enjoyable one for us to do. It is yeah. a very different vibe to the last one. Yeah. But the new Lord album is out as well, and I know that you like Lord, and and we've already done Jungle. I don't really mind, so I'm going to listen to them both. Uh, yeah, another I, one that is quite a cool one. I, I say Lord, if we choose between two, because we've not we've not done a Lord album. Let's do Lord. Here's what we'll do. Matt, I don't think anything that we've decided on has been your suggestion. So, uh, like, it's all right. So, Johnny, for classic, I know you suggested a Stones album, which I think would be timely. Not very timely. So, why uh, don't we do Charlie Watts Legend? Yeah, yeah. So, why don't we do a Stones album and the Lord album, and that's like that should satisfy all yeah. of us, right? Yeah. Tell you when, just for for the new album, another one that would have been cool, but I I agree, go with Lord or like one of the bigger ones. Angus and Julia Stone, who I'm probably oh, going to yeah. pick at some point for a personal recommendation, um, have released an album on Friday based on a... They, they literally announced it five days before. Have you ever played the Life is Strange games on PlayStation 4? No, oh, I They kind of like episodic, like quite deep emotional storyline-focused games. And okay. um, they got asked to... The, I don't know what studio makes them, but they've clearly come into some money because they've asked Angus and Julia to do a accompanying album to it. And so they on Friday. It's really yeah. good from what I've heard. It's strange because it is effectively a soundtrack album for the game. It's a really good album in its own right. But with the crossover with New Jungle and Lord, it had to be one of those two. So Lord. Yeah, yeah, I'm good with Lord because we, we already were speaking about Solar Power a while ago, Johnny. So maybe let's see what else was on that album. Oh, yeah. So that, that album is uh, called, is it called Solar? What's it called, the album? Yeah, it's called Solar Power, the album. Okay, so new album that we'll be listening to in a signing is Solar Power by Lord, which just came out recently. You know, it's written my... with, uh, with one of my favorite people in music, Jack Antonoff. I'll get on to more when we review, but Jack. Jack Antonoff, 
the king of pop at the minute. The king of pop. And then so from my um, reading on like Reddit and a few other music websites, the consensus best Rolling Stone album is either Sticky Fingers or Exile on Main Street. So which one are we going to do? I'd rather Sticky Fingers because it is 50th anniversary this year of Sticky Fingers. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Good. But at the same time, I don't mind if we do XL on, on Main Street because I've got that on vinyl in my collection. Oh, let's do the 50th anniversary. Yeah. Okay. So then the other album we'll be doing is Sticky Fingers by Rolling Stones. I've never listened to a full Stones album, so let's do it. Yeah. yeah let's do it. Um, go crazy. Should we do a shout out to anyone that is still listening? Because we this is the first one we've recorded since we become a published podcast, and we are we are on the 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 major things now. So our sixteen unique listeners, shout out to you! Thank you for listening. We uh, love you. We hope you're still listening by the time this one yeah. comes out. <laughs> uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Hashtag yeah, like, write a review. Rate, like uh, and subscribe, rate, rate and review. Guys, just do what you feel comfortable with. Yeah. I mean, if you think it's shit, say so. Go for it. Go for it. You're not going to hurt these feelings. And on that note, <laughs> why don't we uh, end this recording and uh, pick it up later? Bye. See you in a few weeks. Bye. Bye, bye guys. Bye. bye. bye.